for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest joining us all the way from, I could say sunny California now because you're finally kind of out of the uh, the wetness that California seemed to be getting there. We have Chloe Caroline. How's it going today? It's going well. Yes, finally some sunshine. My soul is happy about it. Nice, nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, so really excited to have you on. I feel like we've been trying to do this podcast for almost three months now, but you know, it's like I leave for vacation, I injure myself, and then it's yeah. So it, <laughs> it, it's a whole thing. But I'm glad we finally got you on, able to sit down and chat a little bit. Yeah. So. Thank- I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so for everybody kind of getting to meet you, uh, you're from, you were born and raised in Southern California in the, yeah. I believe it's called the South Bay, right? Is that the. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, there's like a series of beach towns um, about like 15 minutes South of LAX, the airport. So there's like Manhattan beach, Redondo beach for most of the beach. And I grew up in that bubble of, of beach towns. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Um, so what was it like growing up in Southern California? Cause you're one of the rare breeds that grew up, stayed and just like the full, full experience in Southern California there. Yeah. Um, it was, it was amazing. I mean, I really did grow up in like a beach bubble. They, they call it the bubble. So mm-hmm. I didn't really get, you know, a ton of like that LA craziness that you hear about. I mean, it's definitely like, a little beach community within the heart of Los Angeles. It's, it's kind of a weird thing, but you still kind of have that, you know, access to those mm. places, what I really loved about it. So I felt, you know, I'm lucky it's a really safe area to grow up in. It's beautiful. You're by the water. Um, but yeah, you could, you can go into the city and you can go and experience these other really incredible places. Um, and just, the diversity that California has. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I like uh, to y- oh. So you, you kind of got lucky in the fact that you got the best of both worlds living in Southern California, but not having to deal with the craziness that is LA. I'm sure the traffic was still pretty bad though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, whenever we did go into the city, <laughs> it was terrible traffic, but but yeah, I mean, I was pretty much like in the little bubble until mm. I college and then mm. I went to college in Nashville, okay. uh, Belmont University, studied music business. Um, and I lived there for a couple of years and really started my career there and then finally got to experience LA for what it really is um, yeah. when I'm back here, which which was really cool too, because it was like a whole new experience. Awesome. I, I definitely want to dive into that a little bit because usually a lot of people move out to Nashville and then they don't come back, but you did end up coming back. So uh, w- once we kind of set everything up, I would like to dive into that a little bit. Um, so who was the, like, dr- when you were growing up, who was like the driving force behind your music, uh, music, whether it was listening or jumping in and playing, was it your mom, your dad, who was kind of like that driving force? Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely grew up in a very musical household. Um, my father was in bands forever, um, in the, in, in the music industry in general. So he, and just a music lover, like he's such a music lover, loves everything. And so that's definitely where I get that kind of melting pot sort of music yeah. sensibility. Um, I mean, he would even bring me to like his band rehearsals as like a little kid. So, um, yeah, I was definitely like immersed in all sorts of music as a kid. My, it, like my grandpa had his own radio show. He ended up becoming a doctor, but like he was a singer, like incredible. So it definitely like runs in my family, no doubt about it. Um, but so, yeah, I would say a, a lot of that, but also like, I've just always felt really called to it. Um, I felt like I really understood lyrics that were like well beyond my mm-hmm. years even as like a five-year-old kid. Um, and I've always been a big reader, just anything with like writing and creativity, yeah. 
expression and um yeah and so that's kind of where it all started and I started playing piano when I was like six and started writing songs that way and mm. singing was kind of just my outlet um as a, as a little girl and then um not to get too deep into it but when yeah. I was a I got really, really sick. And when I got really sick, music really became like my friend because that's all I had. I was super, super isolated. And that's when I feel like it really became a centerpiece in my life. So, so you started writing, like just writing in general, and then you started playing the piano and then that's kind of how the songwriting came into play. Is that kind of how Uh it happened or? So, I mean, I started taking piano lessons when I was, when I was six Mm -hmm. and kind of, I, I would get bored with, with learning how to play the actual songs and, and I would, but I'd always end up also like making up my own melodies. And it started out like probably not even on piano. Like I would do it for fun just to like make my sister laugh. Like I would just be singing melodies. I'd make up melodies to fall asleep at nighttime. My dad is like the king of making up silly songs in general. And so I think I definitely picked that up from him a little mm. bit. Um, but yeah. And then just, yes, I loved making up melodies and just like mm. seeing led, but creative writing in general too, yeah. was just something I loved. Like I loved poetry. I loved making up yeah. like, yeah, everything. Gotcha. I, I guess that's ultimately what I was getting to. Cause the way you kind of originally worded, worded it was, it was like the creative writing came mm-hmm. first and then you started playing piano, which kind of inspired your creative writing to turn into music. Is that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I'd say it's a little bit of both because okay. it was singing and had this strong pull towards music even before mm-hmm. I knew how to write mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> at all literally how to read or write like I was drawn to music cool oh and so then you mentioned that you got sick a few years later and that's kind of when music was really drawn drawn to you what what do you think it was about music that you kind of clung on to it um I think it was well it was just a a form of expression and Mm -hmm. I understood by it and it's something that I could always turn to when everything else seemed um really difficult like it was Mm. just a shape to and a way for me to kind of work through everything Mm. that I I was dealing with at the time at such a young and like pivotal age because it was Mm. kind of like last year of childhood Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I I had a similar situation when I was but I was like really young I was like maybe three or four and I, I, I was going in and out of surgeries a lot. And so I clung, it wasn't music for me. It was movies and video games, yeah. which kind of explains some of my life choices moving forward. But, you know, um, as a young person, when you're going through these traumatic experiences, you kind of tend to find that one thing to really cling on to. And the, the fact that yours was music because it was a way to kind of express yourself. That That's really cool. So. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, I talk about it a little bit in my song Memories, which is one of the tracks on my my EP that's out. But you're mm. in seventh grade, um, mm. right as I was beginning to heal, I still was quite a bit away from mm. that. But it's for schools because I looked so different. Yeah. Um, and I had this amazing teacher who really taught us how to free write. And so we'd go in every day and basically write about whatever came to our mind. Didn't have to be grammatically correct or anything like that. And that really helped me to just like break through <laughs> like yeah. any barriers and just like kind of like use it as an excuse to like basically journal every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm grateful for that as well. Gotcha, gotcha. And so then, so then you're going through, I guess it would technically be like junior high into high school and you're, you're healing from, from this illness. I'll, I'll call it an illness just for kind of like a lack of better wording. Um, but you're still writing, you're still singing. Are you starting to perform at this point or just performing not come until later? Yeah. Um, performing's not fully coming till later. Okay. I did, did I do choir? Yes, I did choir. Mm. I, piano recitals and stuff like that um but yeah not really I was definitely a bedroom singer songwriter I had a Facebook page in eighth grade that's when I really started sharing what I was doing the world like 
my family outside of like my immediate family didn't really have any idea. I mean, they knew I loved to sing, but mm -hmm. really this like into it, you know, yeah. and I started stuff and I'd go to school and my friends would be like, Oh my gosh, I really relate to your songs. And that was the first time I was like, Oh, other people get it. Like, this isn't just for me. Mm. Nice. Yeah. So it, it was kind of social media that helped help mm -hmm. bring you out of your box, so to speak. As, oh, 100%. And that's, what's so funny about it is I was like, totally fearless. Like I look at some of the stuff that I used to post, like that's now private on my Facebook page. <laughs> like, dude, how did I post that? But like so boldly just like went for it yet. Like performing in front of other people at the time was like, just like not a thing. And I was like such a great public speaker. I've always mm -hmm. been a good I had, you know, started cheerleading at this point. So I was getting used to, to performing in a different mm -hmm. sense in front of people. And that definitely helped break the shell. Um, but I was, yeah, I was definitely afraid to, to mess up at that mm. point, whatever that means, you know? Yes. And uh, I wrote about it in some of those journals that I was talking about, which is, it's just so funny because I, I do not have stage right at all. <laughs> nice. Nice. And so it, it, not to, but to, uh, was, this was pre 2015 when you released your first EP, right? So this is okay. yeah, yeah. my first EP, my freshman year of college. Okay. Gotcha. J just trying to build out the time. Like, cause you say Facebook and that could be anywhere from now until 2006, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I got it in, I think 2008. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and so what was kind of that? obviously you're, you're kind of building yourself up out through high school. You're still doing the music, but you're starting to do cheerleading and all these things that are performing in a different yeah. sense than uh, like music. But sure. um, what, what was kind of that turning point during your, uh, during college that was like, okay, I want to record my music. I want to get it out there. What was kind of that turning point for you? Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I kept going to school and my friends would ask, where they could listen to my songs. Mm -hmm. And I knew at that point that it was something that I wanted to do. Um, mm -hmm. I knew that I would regret it if I didn't try. I'd always wonder like, what if? Yeah. <laughs> and at this point, like I would do the talent show, like, you know, with like, like by myself or with somebody else, like I would sing, but I wasn't like playing coffee shops or anything. Mm -hmm. yeah, again, it was still like strictly on like Facebook. And then I went into the studio. This is before I graduated high school. And I think I was like 16 or maybe just turning 17 and uh, recorded my first demos um, mm -hmm. written by myself. And yeah, it was like three songs. And um, yeah, people seemed to respond to them really positively. And then at that point, I knew I was going to Belmont, which mm -hmm. is, you know, a heavily music-based yes. school. And, um, yeah, I, I went to Belmont. I didn't know a soul in Nashville at all. Nobody. Um, and I just really wanted to be in a place at that time where I was surrounded by people mm. that did, did, and I could still go to college because for some reason it just like, it was a goal of mine. Like mm. I wanted college. I wanted to, to finish college. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I moved. Um, and then it was, it wasn't until probably, a few months into me being in college that because I was around so many people, other people playing, yeah. like I eventually just got more comfortable with doing it. Um, mm -hmm. and just was like, okay, well, this is, this is part of it now. <laughs> was you, you brought up that going to school was always the goal that you wanted to go to college and you wanted to go to school, but was it always going to Nashville or was that just kind of, Oh, Hey, I'm a musician. Let's do that. Sure. Yeah. Well, knew because I knew what I wanted to do and what I wanted to study, which was mm. music business and I get that business degree. Like there were very mm. few schools that offered a program like that, which yeah. still allowed me to be in a place that was a music industry town. And it was pretty mm. much between USC um, or Belmont because even Berkeley is like not necessarily in an industry town. And I yeah. knew I wanted to be. Um, yeah. And so yeah, I I just decided like you know this is this is, seems like a good fit for me and Nashville is, isn't California and I knew how much I loved California and mm -hmm. I 
that I probably would end up returning. (laughs) So I was, I want to get away and like, I need to like find my sense of independence Mm. by something new. And LA at that time too, seemed like really big, even though I grew Mm. up there, like seemed way too big where Belmont and Nashville seemed still like a smaller, safer area to like nurture. Yeah at time yeah 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 so you're going through college in nashville there did when did you end up returning back to uh southern california yeah so i didn't return back to california until right before covid actually i I was doing the i was doing the math and i was like well she could have returned from covid but maybe she returned just before so yeah go ahead yeah I, I spent quite a few years in Nashville and, and that's where, I mean, that's where I started my career. That's where I built my, began to start mm-hmm. building my, and my fan base really, it started with being built in, you know, like my freshman year of college, like through social mm-hmm. media. Um, and that was when I ended up on Disney channel and radio Disney and like things like actually started mm-hmm. happening all the while I'm still in college and interning. Yeah have a little job like <laughs> yeah. Do, yeah. doing all the typical college stuff to get by but you, you're doing all these cool things with music so it's like that weird almost triple life that you're leading you've got your college where you're just going to school you're you're chloe going to school every tuesday you know whatever and then you're doing your side job but then oh hey I've got this other thing over here where my music's being played on radio disney and i'm on disney you know and all this stuff so it was, it was definitely weird. It was a weird college experience. I won't lie about it. Like it, at first it was definitely difficult when mm-hmm. I had, that weren't, you know, doing, they, they were just off in school partying and like yeah. whatever, like, and for me, it was completely the opposite. Like I knew what I wanted to do. My parents were very adamant, like about you, you're getting a job your first semester of college mm-hmm. or taking bus um and you're getting a, a, a job to to you know help pay for everything and you're also gonna like go and write after class and yeah. you're gonna go turn at a label and yeah you're gonna do it all you know yeah. and so wasn't yes of course like I had I had fun and made yeah. friends her but it was different. It was definitely a different sort of college experience. Oh yeah. It's one of those things, especially when you're so far from home and going back. Cause you know, and a lot of college experiences, kids will go four or five hours away from home. So if they want to go home for a weekend, they can, it's not that big of an inconvenience. Whereas if you have a four or five hour flight plus mm-hmm. tack on, you know, like whatever else on the back, front and back of that, it's not always as easy as going home for a weekend. So it's like, you're there, you're there for a reason, you know what you want to do. Yeah. So take yeah, advantage. And I, I knew I want to drag it out longer than mm-hmm. it needed to be as far as school. Like I was like, I'm graduating in four years. Like yeah. that's it. Um, and I also went to a school that it's not your typical, like, uh, school spirited football game, like mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, and so that was, that was weird too. Cause I yeah. wasn't, you know, I you know, cheerleading for four years in high school and was used to being like involved in everything. And, mm-hmm. um, my school was far <laughs> less spirited that way. Yeah. So I felt like a weird disconnect at times. I ended up like joining a sorority, which ended up also not really being my thing, but I stuck yeah. it, but I out anyways yeah Um, yeah yeah oh so you you brought up uh being on the uh radio disney and all how'd that kind of come up how did you get involved with disney yeah so i had like i said like i i when i right when i moved to nashville i was like i need to start creating a fan base Mm -hmm. and getting yeah and there was an app called pit collage at the time which people thought was just a collage making app, but it was a lot more like an Instagram. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of kids who had the app all over the world whose parents just thought it was a collage making app. And it was, yeah. So I had started posting on there um, just because it was really cool. You could literally put like YouTube videos within your collages and so people could watch and listen to my music. Nice. Yeah, it was was really cool. And so all of a sudden, 
I was the only one really doing that. Like maybe me and I don't know, like one or two other people. And so it like blew up. It was like within a couple of months, I had like 300,000 followers on there. People Mm -hmm. that were being like personalized sticker packs with my face on it. And it was, it was crazy. And, and I was like, well, how do I translate this to Instagram? And slowly, you know, those Mm -hmm. people started coming over YouTube, same thing. But what I noticed most was that people loved that personal connection. And I was responding Mm -hmm. to everybody and people loved that like somebody was actually paying attention to them and um listening to their questions and their problems and whatever mm-hmm. yeah. you know i qualified to at the time you know at all yeah, like, right it felt really safe to which was a really like special thing and um i started just doing that on instagram as well and you know at the time there wasn't a tiktok but i was yeah. just only reaching out to everybody and slowly but surely started building this fan base I was getting like online radio stations that were like adding my, my music. Um, and then through that was how radio Disney had found out about my music. And I didn't know what to expect. I got asked to like, come, come visit. And I went and I was like treated like royalty by them. Like, like, but adding my song, um, Indian summer at the time and adding my music video to Disney channel, which just mm. blew. And, um, and I was, yeah, like well, their first independent artist that they, that they got nice. behind. Nice. I was going to ask how the Disney channel kind of folded into that, but that makes sense that it was the music videos. And mm-hmm. so I was like, wait, was she on like a Disney show that I just happened to miss or something? Cause yeah. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. That would have been really fun though. <laughs> yeah. You know, cause it, it's like, I see those when I lived in Chicago, we'd always uh, have these radio ads that would come on and say, Hey, if you want to audition to be a next character on the Disney channel show, come to uh, wherever and audition. So we used to see that stuff pop up all the time. And yeah. Oh, wow. so. I mean, yeah, I remember like getting scouted for stuff and like, target but yeah yeah for sure oh so so you were uh in in nashville for four years and then you were very vigilant about getting out in four years which is great because sticking sticking around past four years it starts getting a little weird so right yeah well so (laughs) so i stayed a little bit after i graduated as well but i was like i'm getting done with college in four Mm -hmm. years i kind of got once i graduated and everything was going really well in my mm-hmm. career. Um, I'd built a really solid foundation, written hundreds of songs with people, um, gotten a ton of experience, but I had an opportunity to basically audition and be in a Hallmark movie. Oh, I'd wow. never had life. And um, yeah, they had seen, I think my music video on Disney channel mm-hmm. and I asked my manager, does she, does she act? And he's like, yep she does (laughs) she's from la she acts so Uh, and i auditioned and then they asked for some music and i had sent them like my old ep because at this point i had already started making new music my sound had started to change for sure um and the project definitely needed more of a country sort Mm. of sound and that was my first ep was definitely Mm. more country and and so i never thought those songs would see the light of day and and Mm. they did up being in the movie and I had such a great experience doing that that I kind of was like you know what, what am I doing I'd had like syncs I had my songs in movies before mm-hmm. um but it was it was like okay well there's this whole other creative world I feel very limited right now in Nashville why don't I try to like do both but like mm-hmm. I've never in LA like a chance like as an adult artist and um I'm trying to break away from necessarily being put in a box genre wise <laughs> mm, yeah yeah, yeah. oh and try something new here and it was terrifying terrifying because like i said i worked really hard and nothing was going wrong like it wasn't like anything was going wrong being in nashville mm-hmm. which was barrier so it was like well what if this all goes away <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you know um and yeah so i i just decided to give a shot obviously not anticipating covid yeah <laughs> Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, you, you brought up kind of the the evolution of your musical sound. You, you kind of just touched on that. And th- that's always something really interesting, especially with musicians that have a nice 
track record like you do where you've been releasing music since 2015 and you'd mentioned that you start off like country was that kind of more because you knew you were in nashville and you were going to be in nashville so you kind of wanted to blend in because i feel like 2015 nashville still very much had the country music. no i don't want to say stigma but you know it was like still very much a country music scene Mm-hmm. Do you think you were kind of leaning into it a little bit more or was country something that you legitimately wanted to get into? Um, so basically what I kind of felt was happening was people associated, oh, she's blonde, she plays guitar, <laughs> she must country, she lives in Nashville. And I had never categorized myself as country mm. when I was in California. I love to write storytelling songs. Mm. I have kind of this thing in my voice um mm. accent um <laughs> that kind of could be you know more of a, a folky vibe at times yeah. I, um don't know where that came from <laughs> yeah i grew up listening to everything i mean and i of course i loved dolly parton i loved mm. love the dixie chicks taylor swift um but i also loved a lot of other artists that weren't necessarily country i mean avril michelle branch yeah. Stevie. I mean, Gavin DeGraw, like all yeah. these other, a lot of people do. Um, but I, but I moved, um, to, to Nashville and I kind of was like, well, if people are associating me with country for whatever yeah. reason, you know, I'm not going to shut it down. I'll yeah. open up to it here. Um, but maybe it's like California country. Cause I never, mm. I felt like just this country label worked and yeah. I not about to like fake an accent or anything. Yeah, or, like, I got you. Um, but I also was very much like a novice to to music in general. Like I had just done those demos, which weren't country. Um, but this project, this first EP I did, like I didn't really know anything about like production mm. or how to stay in that or anything. And so I just like you know let the producer run wild, and yeah. she did a great job. Um. But yeah, all of a sudden, like, it's definitely more of a country pop mm. project, but I, but I was still like steering it. Like I said, as like California country where, you know, there were mm. a lot of artists that, you know, were in like this country space, but yeah. they, California, and this was back in like the seventies and you had yeah. this like other SoCal sound to it. Um, and I kind of was like, let me bring that, that vibe to, to country, I mm. guess. And, and it, it, you know, was doing well. Like I was yeah. definitely, it was being positively received. It was a lot of people that were like, you know, I don't like country, but I like you, you know, like those were a lot of the comments. Um, and that was, that was cool. Cause it was like, this is fresh, but mm-hmm. I also felt like, again, very limited, especially as I kept writing, kept listening to music, kept trying to figure out who I was, what my music was. And I was like, I'm not necessarily country. Like, mm-hmm you know, I, there's a lot of other things that I like. There's other things that I want to put in my music. If I can't put those things in my music because of a genre, then that's an issue for me. Um, Yeah. The time I was hearing artists like Sean Mendes that were coming up in Ed Sheeran um, prior to Harry Styles now Mm -hmm. that had this like mixture of organic instruments Mm -hmm. with pop melodies and stories. And I was like, um, these dudes are doing this. Yeah. Why are they considered country. I don't have an accent. I'm yeah. not, I don't, not that you have to, to, to play country, but I just was like, I want to, you know, I'm trying all these different sorts of production things, mm-hmm. uh, thing, the old and the new and the real and synthetic, yeah. like this is my own thing here. And so I kind of was like, okay, people can call it whatever they want, but I, this is, this is how I'm leaning into yeah. my sound. Yeah. And so I, that and um yeah started releasing stuff um like my song gypsy daughter um Mm. which 18 and that was really the i think that was the first yeah the first track after kind of like that country pop thing that i wasn't Mm. as necessarily country um yeah and yeah it just kind of grew from there i suppose that's really 
cool because you know it, it, what i picked up from all that was when you before you moved to nashville you were being authentically you whatever it was you were just doing your thing and then you kind of get into this environment that you you definitely wanted to be in nashville because you wanted to be in an industry town which i 100 percent get because you pick up things you learn things but they had to put you in a box and so yet like you said you're you're a white blonde girl that plays a guitar you know and you just look like a country singer and yeah you kind of have a little little twang in there when you say you know so your country doesn't matter yeah. your country yeah. and so then you tried to make it your own by saying well i'm california country you know yeah. but then i think the best thing for you just kind of watching how things have unfold like just from obviously i wasn't we we didn't know each other in 2018, you know, like 2018, 2019 after you had left and all that stuff. But um, just kind of seeing what I've seen through the last few months and then just kind of going back through your arc or going back through your music and stuff. Mm-hmm. Once you leave California, you're kind of leaning back into your old self where it's like, call me whatever you want, yeah. but I'm doing me. <laughs> And I think that's where you've kind of really started to break free and you're really doing something now. So not that you weren't doing something before, but you're like, you're like really hit your stride. Thank you so much. That's, that means so much. I mean, yeah, I've put a lot of intention behind the whole thing and, Mm. and really, and just not trying to, yeah, like close myself off, but still be intentional, you know, like be, have a direction and, you know, the beautiful thing about pop music is that it is really broad, but also, you know, yeah. Like who's to say you can't have like super like catchy melodies and have meaningful lyrics. Like, I think that's the thing too, is like, you know, people assume, Oh, pop music, you can't have it. You know, it doesn't have meaningful lyrics. Mm. And, and for me, like, no, it's like the complete opposite. Yes. You can like a song that's just like a vibe and it's, you know, repetitive, but Mm. like, my goal is to always like have a lyric that like makes you think. And even if it's mm. simple, you know, like, and that's yeah. where it's from, you know, storytellers like Carol King and Stevie mm. Nicks, because sometimes they had really, really simple, simple lyrics that yeah. were profound, profound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've recently started shifting my mindset as far as the type of music that I'm into. Cause like, early especially early on during the pandemic when live and amplified kind of take a took a shift as to what we were going to be it was very much musicians like i would talk to my buddy and it was very much musicians that were like musicians and just they they were doing very artistic things like they were very intentional they were very it didn't matter what it made me feel it was mm-hmm. just musicians that are doing something they're doing very intentional with their music they're very taking chances you know they're being artists and creatives and you know just almost being music snobs to a degree if that makes any kind of sense sure. and then like just in the last 6 months i was like wait a minute half these musicians that we started working with, we don't talk to anymore because they come in, they're they're like, Oh, I'm a musician. You know, they do that, that kind of thing. And we don't talk to them anymore. And I never really liked their music, but now it's like, I'm kind of in this spot where it's like, I'm just listening to music because it makes me feel good. And it puts me in the right place. If I'm sad, I like, if like a couple of weeks ago, I was like super depressed. Like when my, when I right around the time that I injured my knee and I just went down a deep, dark rabbit hole of just listening to very sad songs. And it was like depressing, mm. but it was what I needed. And it was like, it wasn't the best music in the world. Like it was, you know, it is what it is, but it just kind of land, land or led itself to the way I was feeling. Sure. And so like for the last six months or so, I've just been doing that and it's been, Wow. It's been insane. Just like the different shift that I've had, because it's more about me relating to the music and not necessarily, Oh, I'm a musician, you know? So. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's beautiful. That's what it's all about. That's what it's there for. I always say like, if I didn't have music or the ability to like express myself through music, be insane. Like I literally don't know how people get through situations without without writing songs like i i don't get it i'm like yeah. i would insane i'd be a yeah. crazy person yeah. 
person. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so this might be the longest lead up to a new release. Like usually <laughs> I, I, I'm sitting here, I'm like, dang, we're already 40 minutes in and we haven't uh, even talked about the album yet. Um, so you, you made your way back to LA and you, you continued releasing music leading up to the awakening, which is, uh, an EP that you rele- released today, right? Yeah. Uh, Monday. Monday. Monday? I okay. Monday. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, so the awakening, what, what was kind of the thought process going into this album? Yeah. Um, so it was a, it was a really interesting experience. Like I said, like I had moved back to LA from mm-hmm. that was kind of the start of, of a, of a spiritual awakening, which, you know, takes letting go and, um, usually a big risk. And that was yeah. kind of one. And then in this calling to, 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 to change up my situation here mm-hmm. and follow my heart. And, um, it was leading me home. Um, and then I had been in a five-year relationship. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, it was, it was very up and down, very, yeah. Um, and I ended up taking the leap of faith, ending that relationship, um, which was to this day, the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I knew that like, I needed to be alone. I knew mm-hmm. that I had to learn how to like heal and love myself again and focus on me and what brought me joy. And, um, then COVID happened. And so I really had that time to like mm-hmm. in deep. And yeah. so, a lot of these songs, you know, came from that journey that happens when you have, you know, when you need to look inward and when you start to like have these revelations as you're learning how to surrender and how to mm. let go, realizing that like a lot of, you know, of, of, of our life is out of control, uh, out of our hands and out mm. of our control. However, what's in our control is how we align with certain energy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> started noticing like what I could manifest and it was crazy. It was like blowing my mind. And I, 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 there were times when I literally, again, thought I was crazy. Like I was like, there's no way this just happened. Like, yeah. you know, and it was just like, it was like magic. Um, and you know, then as you know, I began healing myself. Um, I eventually ended up meeting like the love of my life through this whole experience mm-hmm started pouring the love that I would be pouring into somebody else into me. And mm-hmm. that attracted like my, my, my dream person. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of music, you know, came from that experience as well. Um, but yeah, I, I really wrote it as kind of this, this EP that was a play by play of all of those emotions that you mm-hmm. go through as you, as you, yeah, learn to, to be alone, as you learn to heal and as you learn to take risks and follow your dreams and whatever those dreams are, um, it's really easy or it's a lot easier to just like, be like, eh, you know, this is too scary or this might fail or this might not work out or, you know, this, this relationship's really comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, what if there isn't better, you know, I've already been with this person for X amount of time. Like, you know, like, Oh, do I really want to start over? And mm-hmm. then, you know, while you know that you're settling, like I just kind of had this moment where I was like, I don't want to wake up when I'm sitting and wonder, like, what if there was somebody better aligned with me or whatever? What if I didn't, you know, have a nine to five and hated mm-hmm. my life? Like, you know, for me personally. So yeah, I I wrote two EPs over this whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got an opportunity to work with two incredible producers throughout the whole thing. And so, yeah, I have two EPs that are coming. <laughs> nice. I, I just realized I was, I'm sitting here scrolling through your Spotify here and I just realized how you kind of released the EP where you yeah. did like a slow, slow leak or a slow burn almost mm-hmm. uh, releasing it as singles, but just kind of tacking it on as to like, so you release a single release a second single, and then you release a three song EP four song and then yeah. lead it up to the six song. I was sitting here. I was like, I, for whatever reason, I didn't put two and two together before I jumped on here that in theory, if you just take it at face value on uh, Spotify, you've released four EPs this year already. Yeah, it was the first time I ever decided to do a waterfall release. Um, yeah. 
And I had released, yeah, Gemini in the summertime. And then I released uh, Saving Space in the fall. And then I was kind of, I don't know. I was like, you know what? I want to, I was kind of, well, I had a time limit for when I could release that first CP. That's mm-hmm. a whole other um, but I, I knew that I had like a time limit and I was also like, well, I love these songs, yeah. which if I had to choose one single, like that's really, that's really difficult. I don't know. So why don't I just try them all? And that was kind mm-hmm. of my mom. I was like, all right, like, well, I have nothing to lose here. Like, let's put them out like one at a time and mm-hmm. just see how they respond and tell the story that way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really cool. It's been hectic. Yeah. <laughs> I- artist so i'm doing everything myself um and so you're constantly like playing catch up on yeah. on co- <laughs> but, but it's been cool and we got to tell the stories through visuals too and i did like mini music videos for everything mm-hmm. em and i has a full music video but um all the rest yeah on youtube you can see they're like mini music videos for each track nice so i guess i have to ask the next logical question are you a gemini is that where that <laughs> So I'm not a Gemini. I'm an Aquarius. Okay. Okay. My sign is Gemini. Okay. So like we all have like multiple signs, three different mm. signs, your sun, moon, and rising um, for people who don't know that. And so, yeah, my rising is a Gemini um, and I tend to attract Gemini is also Aquarius, yeah. always attract Gemini's or like Sagittarius, which is funny because mm. that's now, but prior to this, always Gemini's even girlfriends oftentimes Gemini's mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a trend for sure I'm a Gemini so that, that's why I asked so it was just like oh. <laughs> it, it's quite it's quite funny I'm sitting there um pretty much since I started doing the podcast like that like on zoom and whatnot I, I've started noticing how many musicians are kind of into their star sign or their you know like all that stuff uh, I, there's one situation where I was interviewing a musician and she had a poster of all the star signs and like what they meant and just kind of yeah. had this poster that broke it down. And so I think I just threw out a random question about the star or like a star sign. And she was like, how'd you know I was into that? I was like, look at the poster behind you. And she's <laughs> like, Oh, I forgot that was there. Yeah. I, I, um, I got really into it. Like, because I just, I noticed, I noticed trends and like the people I was attracting and then it became like, you know, me noticing, uh, malady traits that I was attracted to, which it, it all kind of blended into this healing journey again, because mm-hmm. you start to understand yourself better and why you're attracting certain people and vice versa. And, um, and yeah, that, that was kind of the first kind of like joking about mm-hmm. like, Oh, I always attract Gemini's was the kind of the first little intro into this spiritual yeah. awakening spiritual world and um i'm a really intuitive person i have this weird gift where i can guess people's zodiac signs nice that's awesome <laughs> uh, so uh the awakening volume one you'd mentioned that you have a uh, second one coming out do you have the date for that or is it going to be more of a waterfall release again or yeah we're still kind of figuring that out i, I probably will because i i did like that process i don't know if he'll do like necessarily every two weeks again mm-hmm. but Three weeks like that was really really close but probably mm-hmm. like every four weeks maybe yeah. we'll, uh, we'll see i don't know um yeah. but but yeah i think i you know i want to continue to be like on the roll with this stuff and probably uh early summer i would say awesome. <laughs> so that's really cool and is it uh, how'd you kind of go through the song selection pro did you know when you first started working on volume one did you know you wanted it to be a two-part deal or was it like you started working on volume one and it was like oh wait there's a lot more to this uh so it's a really <laughs> weird story but my second ep technically was done way before like my first ep so oh, okay yeah i had an opportunity like once i um i you know, over COVID gone back and forth to Nashville to work with my producer there. Um, and when I was doing that, I'd found out about this opportunity to mm-hmm. work with a Canadian producer and, um, I'm half Canadian. They have a really cool thing where you can basically apply for grants through the Canadian government and, mm-hmm. um, get a project like partially funded. Mm-hmm. If you there's a lot of things that go into it, but I won't bore anybody, but 
there's a time limit on that. And so I basically was like, well, I don't want to lose this opportunity. So I ended up working. Um, I, yeah, I found a producer, literally I Googled Canadian producers and that ended up being this guy named Brian West who did, um, like Nelly Furtado, who's like one of my mm-hmm. heroes, um, Sia, Andy Grammer, Able Nation. And, um, started, you know, writing and working with him last, like literally a year ago at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was, it was kind of <laughs> a lot because I didn't know, I was like, I love this other, this other project that I just yeah. done. And I was ready to release that one. And I was so excited. And I was like, you know, how am I going to like beat that? You know, yeah. but it also was a great opportunity because I had this base of this sound that I had started creating that I could reference. Um, and also had this other beautiful part of my journey now happening, which was, you know, this relationship mm-hmm. with like my twin flame and like the, now I can write about that and then kind of go back to this prequel, which is a little bit of what, um, the next EP is. Um, but I was able to take two songs off of that project, which was Gemini and saving space. So those first two that I ended up releasing, um, are actually from the second EP that I pulled. <laughs> so it's kind of they're all mixed together, but it all works out really, really well. I think, um, to tell the story and I'm, yeah, I'm really excited for people to hear volume two as well. Nice. Okay. So it is, even though it was written before volume one, it is coming out as the awakening volume two. Yeah. Okay. That that's, that's cool. You know, cause when the way you were kind of wording it, it's like, okay, maybe we'll get volume two next year. It's like, just, you know, when, when you said it was like, Oh, the second one was kind of done before the first one, you know? So. Yeah. Uh, no, I kind of just meant like, it's uh yeah, it's it, how they were, how they're being released is kind yeah. of how you would think they mm. were as I had um, a time limit that I had to hit. So I had yeah. to, change up the reverse yeah or the, I mean. <laughs> yeah i got you completely understood so now that you're in the process of working on volume two but you're still out here trying to promote volume one because it's just like now it's fully out there what's kind of running through your mind as you're like exiting one project entering another project but it's still one project and yeah <laughs> it's it's cool it's exciting um <laughs> You know, I, you know, I definitely want to, yeah, I want to sit and I want to like waft in this beautiful energy that is volume one and I love it. Um, I'm really proud of it. You know, part of why I think it's cool how I'm ending up releasing it is because kind of the whole theme of mm-hmm. both of is to surrender to the present moment at the end of the day that we're always exactly where we're supposed to be. And when we sit in that energy, like these incredible things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so I was like, why not start with the present moment? And a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about within that first volume is more recent. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's cool that to start there a little bit more. Right. Um, but but yeah, I'm really excited. You know, I there's a lot of songs on volume two that I've, I've had for a while that mm-hmm. like I'm really, really excited to share. So that's also exciting. So it's yes. finally... I've been holding on to those ones even longer. <laughs> nice. Now, the, now the, all these songs that are being released, the ones that are already released in volume one and the ones that will be in released in volume two, are these songs that have been played before? Like, have you played them in front of people before and road tested them and all that stuff? Or are these all brand new songs nobody's heard? So pretty much I've played most of volume two more than I have volume one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, longer, or, you know, for longer. So, yeah, I just now, you know, kind of had a couple shows where I started to play Twin Flames mm. and Right of the Dark and stuff like that. I still haven't gotten to play Underneath the Moon live yet, so I'm really excited about that. But, but yeah, some of those songs from Volume 2 have been been played at shows, and it's yeah. that's kind of cool, too, is, like, knowing which ones have already been reacting with mm. people that project is not out yet <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and you know it's always cool to kind of have those songs that have gone through the road test and mm-hmm. you've given them the opportunity to kind of mature because yeah as much as i love bands introducing new songs that i've never heard before like i think there's a really cool fine line to as a performing artist to have those mute those songs that you're not necessarily going to hear right away at shows, yeah. but also have songs that all, you're only going to ever hear them at shows. Like we're not going to record this song because 
right. obviously the goal is get people to buy the album, but also get you to come to live shows. And mm -hmm. if you have those songs that, yeah, we're probably never going to record it. It's just a song <laughs> we play at live shows, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it is cool because there's people that have like repeat come to my shows and they're like, Oh, like when are you releasing? Like I have a song called another best friend that like, yeah. But it loves every time I play that song. I've got like dudes that come up to me and like cry. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like that song where it's like people know it, but like they they don't have it yet. So it's 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 cool that at some point they will, but it's still yeah. kind of like secret song. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, so where are you kind of at uh, show wise right now? Are you actively playing live shows, or is it kind of pulling back, or where are you kind of at right now? Yeah, um, it's been a little bit of an interesting time just because I had the show back to back. Um, a lot of the folks has been there. I played a show um, when Twin Flames released, which was really cool. Um, that was like a sold out show in, in L.A. And then I'm hoping to do one coming up here um, in, in the spring or early summer and hopefully playing the Troubadour in the summer, which would be really fun. But hopefully more to come. I'm playing a Canadian Music Week, which is my first Canadian festival and my nice. first Canadian show um, in Toronto in June. So that'll be nice. Great. That's awesome. I was really hoping to get out to um, Canada this year. I, I went once as a yeah. kid. We were in Detroit. And my dad was like, oh, let's go to Canada. It's just, just say we went to Canada. And yeah. yeah, but that that's my extent as far as going to Canada was going to was going to Windsor and I, I talked to a few musicians that are like based out of Toronto and they're like so you basically went to Detroit North is that what you, yeah so um but so yeah that's really cool um and then obviously as things kind of uh progress you have you announced any you haven't announced any dates for volume two yet right it's it's all yeah Okay. And so as uh, for anybody that wants to kind of um, stay on top of that and get the release dates working, they find you on social media, all that fun stuff. Yeah. So um, I'm on all platforms um, on Instagram. It's just at Chloe Caroline. Um, it's Chloe Caroline.com for those of you that <laughs> websites, um, <laughs> Twitter at I'm Chloe Caroline, uh, TikTok at I'm Chloe Caroline, uh, YouTube, Chloe Caroline music, Facebook. Mm -hmm music <laughs> and awesome. then i have um in all my bios on my socials and it's actually me it's not a robot and yeah. so if you text me i can also add your number to my phone and keep yeah. you guys updated. Yes. I, i've really been into that i've really been into that texting community like i've seen a lot of musicians doing that and it's like i, I really like that because it's like even if it like for me, when I do stuff like that, it's actually me. And it's just, it's a little bit more personal, but yeah. It, yeah. And, and it creates everything from just like, like I, I respond, I do my best to respond to everybody as much mm -hmm. as I can. DMs. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a lot more difficult to like keep those organized. So mm -hmm. it's stuff gets lost. Um, and yeah. And so when people text me, it's, yeah, it's a lot more personal. Yeah. It's a lot more for me too because i can really like remember who you are <laughs> yeah and remember, like respond to your message because sometimes they just yeah if we're in a long thread on dm it's it can be hard yeah and that's the issue i've been having recently it's like tech like instagram like when we, you when we were messaging back and forth and you kept telling me to go to email that's like the issue you were having on Instagram is the issue I have on email. I miss so many things through email and Instagram. I'm a little bit better about staying on top of, but I also, every once in a while I'll be like, Oh crap. Who is that person that I was supposed to podcast with? I don't remember who it was Yeah, and it's it's because yeah. So it's a, uh, it's always interesting, but the text messaging, a lot of people don't like it. Like when I text back and forth with them, but it's like, it's right here. It's on my phone. It's, literally its own app and i don't miss text messages yeah yeah so. see I, the, the reality is i actually suck at texting <laughs> but i do my best but in my defense i've got so many platforms of people i'm trying to respond to yeah <laughs> want to give everybody the equal attention and yeah, yeah it, it's tough 
For sure. For sure. Uh, so kind of taking a step outside of music for a minute uh, before we kind of wrap this up, what are some of your hobbies? What do you do when you need to like step away from the stage or the mic and just kind of decompress? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I love to be outside any opportunity to be in fresh air, walking in the sunshine. So I oftentimes am like hiking or just literally like walking by the beach. I love to cook and bake for me. That's like another creative therapy when I'm stressed out. Um, I'll just get creative in the kitchen. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously hanging out with friends and family, spending time with my dog Willow, (laughs) but yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so one thing that we do before everybody, one thing that we do with everybody that comes on the podcast is a uh, fun little game called That's So Random. Okay. I have a random question generator. Yep, I still have the generator. Um, (laughs) And I'm going to just fire off three random questions. Okay. And we'll we'll see where we're at at the end of of this. Cool. Do you... Wait, no, I'm not answering that. I'm not asking that question. That's... that's, um, What is something that you spare no expense with? Ooh. <laughs> Can you rephrase that question? <laughs> what, what is something that you spare no expense on? Yeah. Some What's spend, that? Does that like spend no money on? No, spare no expense. Like, what does that mean? Oh, <laughs> like basically you'll spend as much money as you want on it. Oh, okay. So, so like something that no matter the price, you, uh-huh. you have to have it a certain way. Ooh. Hmm. Well, it's actually really tough. Cause I would say food, but at the same time, I'm not like, I will, I will, I will spend money on food, but I also, it has, like, I have to know it's going to be worth it before I do that. <laughs> um, so maybe shoes. I would say shoes. <laughs> fair, very fair. Who would you choose to narrate your inner monologue? Ooh. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like only myself. I feel like I'd get so pissed off if somebody else was in my head. That's fair. Very fair. And then final question is, what's the last book you read? The Alchemist. Okay. How was it? God, it's amazing. And if, if you guys haven't read The Alchemist, like you need, you need to, like, it's really, really quick read and it is um, actually life changing. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, that was so random. A fun little it, quick game. So, it, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so once again, I do want to thank you for jumping on and chatting. It was, I'm glad we finally got this on the books and, you know, it it just kind of happened really quickly, which is great. I kind of like, you know, I kind of psych myself out every once in a while when I know for a long time that I have a podcast coming up, but when it's like, Hey, I can do tomorrow. It's like, great, cool. Then I don't overthink the podcast. Right. Yeah. Um, but I really appreciate Really appreciate you coming on and chatting with us. Uh, what's one piece of advice you want to send the young musicians home with out there? Um, I think, again, it's just stay, staying true to yourself and staying authentic. It's really, really difficult when there's a lot of noise out there and a lot of people that kind of make you feel like you've got to do it their way in order to succeed. Um, I think at the end of the day, you have to remember that like who you are is is who you are Mm -hmm. and it's you know that's what that's what separates you and so to lean into that lean into your quirks um lean into your strengths Mm -hmm. um even this um and go inward and figure out spend the time to go inward Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't do that and it's actually terrifying to think about (laughs) don't take the time to look inward so um it definitely helps you better you know figure out who you again like the type of people you're attracting the type of opportunities and it allows you to take advantage of them in a much um more i guess advantageous way mm-hmm. yeah 100% agreed 100% agreed yeah, uh, but... you, like 
how can you expect the universe to know what you want, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. I, I get it. Uh, but once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It's been an absolute blast. Uh, what's the social media handles one more time for everybody. Sure. Uh, Instagram's at Chloe Caroline, TikTok's at I'm Chloe Caroline, same with Twitter. Um, Facebook's just uh, Chloe Caroline Music, and same with YouTube. Awesome. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you all so much for hanging out with us. It's been an absolute blast. Uh, for anybody that's new listening, we do do, do have the hoedown showdown every Saturday morning from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, you can find the stream on our website, liveandamplified.net. Uh, any support you would love to give would be much appreciated. And uh, until next time, we will see you all later.